What's up? And welcome to tonight's Forte Catholic. It is great to be here with you today. We have a huge show for you. If I could do a good Donald Trump uh, impersonation, I'd say huge, but I don't, so I won't do that live on the air. All right. Too late. Huge show. It's too late to apologize. One of my favorite songs from 2007, something like that. All right. So we have a huge show today. Um, In our first segment, we are going to be doing our mass tech segment, um, looking into this huge revelation that God punched me in the face with at mass on Sunday morning. Uh, and then in the second segment, we're going to be joined by the fellas of the Catholic Man Show, another radio show podcast that has uh, started with uh, pretty recently that is getting a lot of traction, a lot of fun. So they will teach um, all of us how to be Catholic men, especially you lovely ladies out there, because that's how we do things. And in the third segment, we are announcing the winners and looking in a lot of key matchups of the Ministry Madness Bracket. This has been a lot of fun. If you haven't heard about it yet, uh, you're too late. Voting is closed. I have the results sitting in front of me, and I listen to a lot of good radio people, and I know that you're supposed to do a tease. So I'm I'm here to tease and to please, right? So uh, we are going to wait until the third segment to announce the winners of our Forte Catholic Ministry Madness Bracket of 64 ministry leaders pitted against each other in a boxing ring, and the winners were decided by you. So um, we're going to start today's show with me talking about why my voice sounds funny. I'm absolutely exhausted. I'm very, very tired. Last week was probably the best week I've had in 2017. It's a lot of fun. Ministry Madness Bracket was, was a lot of fun checking in on that. We had um, the Blaze Ministries where I work. We had our uh, benefit dinner. So um, Jim Beckman and Bob Rice, two of two of the biggest ministry leaders in the United States, and also uh, members of the Ministry Madness bracket, they were in town for a lot of last week. Got to hang out with them, and they did some training for our staff. They spoke at our at our benefit dinner, which did swimmingly. <clears throat> That's an adjective I just learned. Um, people have been calling into the show and telling me that I need to use more adjectives other than awesome and golly gee good. I've never said that in my life. <laughs> so it was just a great time um, spent getting, being able to spend time with them, to learn from them, and just to have some, some Christian brotherhood with them. So um, also on that same day, crazy day, a lot of you know that I, that I coach at St. Joseph's here in, in Bryan. Our track team had our district meet on, on Thursday. So I was outside all day getting the sun beating down on me, literally yelling across across the track, yelling at yelling encouragement, yelling discouragement, whatever I thought would help them in that moment. But no, really, it was, it was a great, great day. St. Joseph's has been around for 121 years. This is St. Joseph's first ever district championship. So we, we took home the gold. It was a ton of fun, but uh, I, I didn't sleep much last week, and I was just real busy. So I'm real tired, but I'm an extrovert to the max, and I'm excited about today's show. So all the energy I have left, I'm putting into this show for your ear pleasure today, just for you. The last time I said ear pleasure, I got some complaints, so you're welcome, so in adva- well. you're welcome in advance <clears throat> for making your day. So I want to start today off with uh, uh, our mass tech segment. So um, what this segment is... 
As we look at the mass readings, typically it's of like Tuesday, but we are going to look at this past Sunday's reading readings because a lot of you, if you're listening live on Tuesday, you're driving home like, yeah, I don't remember anything from, from mass on Sunday. And, uh, and the other half of you didn't go. So here you go. We're going we're gonna to talk about, about the Mass reading. So, Jake, why don't you uh, start us in here with our intro to Mass text. Welcome to Mass text, the segment where we go through the readings from today's Mass in case you couldn't make Mass today. Or you are in Mass but found yourself daydreaming, telling your children to quiet down or snoring quite loudly with people looking at you with their judging eyes. Through the scriptures, God sent the first mass text to all of his people so that he could share his love and wisdom with us. Sit back and relax as we dive into God's message to us today. All right, so we're going to look at two different texts from from Mass on Sunday because they correlate very, very well. So we're actually going to start with the last reading, the Gospel of of John, and it's kind of long, so I'm going to paraphrase it um, for you because, first of all, it's a long reading, and I don't want to read it. Second of all, I think I'm a better storyteller than the gospel writer John, and that's not true at all. He's one of the greatest writers of all time, but we're going to have a little fun with it. So it's the story that you've probably heard before. Uh, the guy who doubted one time publicly, and it was recorded for history, and is now known forever and all of eternity as Doubting Thomas, right? This is a guy who was an apostle, a follower of Jesus, who actually eventually went on to like take, he walked, or maybe rode a donkey or something, from the Holy Land to India. Like, that's where he died. He was spreading the faith to India. He's not known for that. No one knows that, right? There's like 14 people alive that know that. And I'm one of them because I'm smarter than Kyle, who's sitting here uh, next to me. Everybody say hi, Kyle. All right. All of you all of you in your car, thank you for playing along. Uh, so Thomas, so picture picture this, right? You've all been, you, you all have a group of friends, um, at least some of you do. If you're listening to my show right now, it's probably because you're not hanging out with your friends. Um, but <clears throat> most of us, uh, not me in junior high, but most people in general have a group of friends, right? And in any group of friends, you like to mess with each other and have a little, a little bit of fun with each other, right? So the 11 disciples, well, I guess it's 10 at this point, Jesus, Judas kind of left and did his thing, right? Um, so they're hanging out in the upper room. It's a, a few days after Jesus has died, and they're, they're hanging out. And Jesus, like, phases through the wall. And he's like, hey, guys, how are you? And they're like, ah! So he says, peace be with you. Like, that's the thing you need to say to somebody if you phase through a wall three days after you die, right? And he says it three times <laughs> in, like, six verses because they're, like, still yelling and super confused. And he con- continually says, peace be with you. Peace be with you. He's like, no, guys, really. <laughs> peace, calm down. It's, gonna, it's, it's fine, right? I literally told you I was coming back in three days. It's been three days. I don't know why this is so uh, <laughs> such a surprise to you. But Thomas isn't there, right? So I've, I've had a time with, with my friends where they're all hanging out and they try to convince me of what's going on. They're like, oh, you'll never guess what happened when you were gone. Like Prince showed up and we hung out with Prince. And I'm like, no way. There's no way you hung out with Prince. And they're like, yeah, no, we totally did. And I'm like, no, you really didn't, right? And then... Three days later, Prince phases through the door, and I'm sitting there, right? 
and then I get to see him. And it, this is essentially what happens with them, right? Thomas is like, there's no way a dead guy raised from the dead and came and hung out with y'all and faced the wall. There's no absolute way. So he's like, yeah, yeah, whatever, guys. Um, unless I touch the touch the the wounds in his in his hands and his feet and in his side, there's no way I'm believing you people, right? So then the next week they're all up in the upper room, and Jesus phases to the wall, and it doesn't say this in the text, but I bet the first thing all the ten apostles did was say, "I told you so," <laughs> "I told you he showed up," and he did, right? And so so Thomas walks up to Jesus. Jesus knows what he said because Jesus knows everything, right? He's like, put, put your hands in my side. Put your hands in, in, the, in the wounds in my hands. And then Thomas obviously believes at that point, right? He believes because he's like, he got exactly what he asked for. I want to touch the wounds. I want to see it for myself. So he got exactly what he asked for, and then he believed, right? And then Jesus says, well, bl- you know, blessed are those who have not seen but yet still believe which is a great story for you and I, right? Because we haven't physically seen Jesus. I haven't put my hands in his, in, in his wounds. But blessed are, are you, blessed, are, blessed am I, blessed are we who have not seen Jesus but believed. So, so at the beginning of this story, before Jesus even shows up, the apostles are locked in the upper room. And this was, the big, this was kind of the big uh, turning point for me is the, uh, the priest at the, at the parish that I was at was given the homily. And he said, how would you describe this church? Because this is the, these 10 dudes are the beginnings of the church, right? How would you describe this church? Well, they're afraid. Three days before they saw their leader crucified. So they're probably scared for their own life. Like, like Peter, we know that three days earlier, denied Jesus three times because he didn't want to be killed. They're also up in the upper room that has windows so they can have a great vantage point to see if people are coming to get them, right? And what is their view on people who are outside of that room? They're scared of them, and there's no way they're going to go out and share this message of Jesus because, number one, they're wondering, is, wondering and doubting, is, is anything Jesus said actually true? He was a prophet. We saw him do miracles, but he also said, that he was going to build this great kingdom, and now he's dead. And so then he brought us back to the first reading. I'm going to read this for you. It's in Acts chapter 2, verse 42 through 47. It says that they, the early church, devoted themselves to the teaching of the apostles and to the communal life, to the breaking of the bread and to the prayers. All came upon everyone, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. All who believed were together and had all things in common. They would sell their property and possessions and divide them among all according to each one's need. They, every day they had devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple area and to breaking bread in their homes. They ate their meals with exultation and sincerity of heart, praising God and enjoying favor with all the people. And every day the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. So the priest who was given this homily said, okay, what, how would you describe this church? This is a church that's bold. They're starting to share this message of Christ, right? And so John chapter 20 is the second to last book or second to last chapter in the book of John, in the gospel of John. 
the final chapter, there's really no more story in the final chapter. The final, final chapter of John just explains that the beloved disciple that we hear about all through the Gospel of John, it's like John's like does this uh, big turnaround at the end. The beloved disciple is actually me. <laughs> I was there. That's why you can believe me. Um, and, and those types of things, right? <clears throat> Acts picks up the story right after the Gospels, right? Because Acts was actually written by Luke. So Luke is kind of the same thing. He writes the Gospel, and in the same paper, he wrote the Acts of the, or a different, different piece of paper, but like they wrote on papyrus, right? And he just ran out of room, and then he started another one, so they split it into two books. But it was all one story. It's a story of Jesus and then how the church continued to grow after Jesus um, died, rose again, gave them the Holy Spirit, left, and then, and then um, guided the church by the, by the gift of the Holy Spirit. So from John, the end of the gospel, Acts starts. In Acts chapter 1, it explains Jesus leaving, and then in Acts, at the beginning of Acts chapter 2, the uh, Pentecost happens. So when Pentecost, at Pentecost is when the Holy Spirit comes upon the apostles, gives them the power, the might, the authority of the Holy Spirit, of God, to lead the church. This all happens in the span of essentially two chapters, right? And 50 days, not a lot of time. So in 50 days, this church who was trembling and afraid and doubting in an upper room is 50 days later changing the world, right? Because the last line in Acts, it says, and every day the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. So what all changed, right? They started as a scared church. The first thing that changes is Jesus comes back. So all the doubt and fear that they were feeling, that's all like, whoa, wait a second. This guy really did mean what he said. I really can believe this guy. Um, And he continues to say to them, peace be with you. So in the midst of their struggle, in the midst of their hurt, in the midst of their doubt, he comes and he simply says, peace be with you. Even to Thomas, who doubted the most, who just happened to not be there at, at the party when Jesus showed up the first time. Even to Thomas, he still says, peace be, he meets him where he is. Um, even in, this, in the story of John, we always think about the Holy Spirit being given to the apostles as, at, at Pentecost, right? But in, in this gospel of John that we heard on Sunday, Jesus breathes on them and gives them the Holy Spirit there. So it's this idea that the Holy Spirit isn't just given to us once, but we're continually filled, right? The full power of the Holy Spirit was given to them at, I almost said confirmation because that's when we get it. The full power of the Holy Spirit was given to them at Pentecost, but God was, Jesus was already giving them his spirit then. The next thing that happens is Pentecost, right? Where Jesus, Jesus leaves and he promises, and now, they, now they're like, yep, if you can die and come back to the dead, we're definitely believing in your promises. So he sends them the Holy Spirit after he is gone. The, the next thing that the church did, and this is right at the beginning of where we read in Acts, in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, it says that they devoted themselves to the teachings of the apostles, to the communal life, to the breaking of the bread, and to the prayers. And when I was in, when I, was in I think it was what, until I was in grad school that I learned that this is our four pal- pillars of the catechism. I was like, how did I not learn that as a kid, right? I went to CCE all the time. I went to youth ministry. I went to undergrad. No one ever thought to tell me this, right? So the four things they devoted them to, the, teaching, the, the teachings of the apostles, the first section of the catechism is the creed. So this is 
what the apostles taught. This is what Jesus taught. So that's what's being passed down to these new members of the church that it says are being added. And the next thing, the communal life. That's the section on, on Christian living, how we interact with one another. So they were living in this beautiful community. They committed themselves to the breaking of the bread. That's obviously the Eucharist, right? And that segment, of, that section of the catechism is the sacraments, which the Eucharist is included in there. And the church also expounds on, on baptism and all the others, on, on, the other seven, on all seven sacraments. And then finally to the prayers, which very obviously is the prayer section of the catechism, right? So they devoted themselves to these four things. The next thing that they did was signs and wonders were happening. So Jesus... His miracles were signs and wonders, right? He changes water into wine. He heals a blind man. He brings Lazarus back from the dead. The apostles, because of the power of the Holy Spirit, those same types of things were happening. It says, uh, if, you, if you haven't read the books, book of Acts, it's my favorite or second favorite book in the entire Bible because it really shows the power of what a church can look like when they believe in the power of the Holy Spirit and they really are one community because the apostles also were healing people of their illnesses. There's one person that's healed just because uh, Peter uh, walks by them, the shadow of his cloak passes over them, and they're healed, right? So my big question for you after looking at all of this is we see the difference between the scared and frightened church, and then we see the sent church, this church that is growing. How did they get there? They believed in Jesus coming back, and Jesus said to them, peace be with you. The Holy Spirit was given to them. They committed to the four sections of the catechism, the four things that the church is founded on. They lived in community, and they prayed for signs and wonders. So my challenge for you is which one of those can you grow in this week? We will be right back with uh, the guys from the Catholic Man Show right on the end of this break. See you. All right, we are back for segment two of Forte Catholic for this evening. We have got the wonderful gentleman from the Catholic Man Show on the air today, Mr. Adam Minahan and David Niles. Adam and David, how are you doing today? Doing great, man. I appreciate you having us on. Yeah, having a great day. It's, it's, it's interesting because I've actually never had two people on for an interview at the same time and not only two people but two people who do radio together so i kind of feel like y'all are just doing this to infiltrate my show and take over <laughs> you caught us what gave you that idea uh it wasn't our it wasn't our conversation off the air at all so <laughs> so you guys are from the catholic man show uh first of all why don't you explain to uh my listeners what that is, who you guys are, and why are you guys qualified to do a show called The Catholic Man Show? Uh, well, I'll let Adam talk about our qualifications, but The Catholic Man <laughs> Show, because I'm not so sure about those, but The Catholic Man Show is a show that we started, uh, and we just wanted it to be a little different from other shows. Uh, the first way that it is different is that every episode, right off the bat, we open, review, and enjoy a manly beverage. So that means we're either opening a beer or a whiskey or something manly. We have a, a wine coming down the pike uh, very, very soon that I'm excited about. The next thing we do is we highlight a man gear of some kind. Um, this is stuff that Catholic men or men in general should have and use. Stuff like duct tape, pocket knives, uh, a Road Bible, grease. you know, stuff like that. Man stuff. And then we have a topic typically on a virtue. And we just try to expound those and really have a 
conversation, just two dudes and a microphone talking I, about virtue. I have a challenge for you. This is a special okay. challenge from, from your new friend at Forte Catholic. Uh, what I want you to do is, without laughing at all on your next episode, have your manly beverage be something like a mimosa and just see how long you can go without laughing. <laughs> So today we're drinking an apple martini, <laughs> an apple tea. Uh, it's very manly. No, Wait, there's saffron in yours. That's a, that tastes good. Uh, no, but Taylor, we, we started we started the show because Dave and I run the uh, the Catholic radio station here in Tulsa, and when we like started doing that and we started realizing who was responding to us and who was listening, we realized that seventy percent or more of the listeners were female. And so Dave and I were like, hey, we need to start a show that's, a, you know, that's geared towards men. So men will start listening. And that's, that's what we came up with. We're not super creative. So that's why we said the Catholic Man Show. It's, it's funny because one of my favorite Catholic shows is the Catholic Guy Show. And uh, so like, that's actually kind of why I thought y'all were going to try to come on and take over my show. Because he's the Catholic Guy. Y'all like, we're the Catholic Man. We're a step above, right? Um, going after the yeah. most popular yeah. Catholic radio show <laughs> in the nation. Um, so it's, it's, <laughs> it was funny because uh, as I was trying, like getting to know you guys, I, you know, I, I tend to stalk all of my guests. So I, I creeped on you. I know where you went to junior high. I'm just kidding. I don't know you went to junior right high. Um, <laughs> but I, I did watch y'all's intro video to your to your YouTube channel. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, you, you talked about, about your show. Um, and, and what you guys do. And I, I, I'm really happy to have you guys on. So we're not going to talk about how manly Apple teenies are. Um, we kind of got a little bit of insight into your show. Um, Adam and David, if, if, for the both of you, if you were in an elevator and you wanted to explain to somebody who you are as a Catholic man, what would you say? Oh, you're going to put me on the spot. Yeah. So if I, if I was you know, sitting there in the elevator talking to somebody, talking about who I am as a Catholic man, first of all, I would say that I am a husband, um, that my vocation is to my wife, not to be married, but my vocation is to my wife, first and foremost. And then the very second, next thing, it would be to my kids. I have two young, two boys and a, and a newborn girl. So they would be my second vocation. My third vocation would be to uh, spread the good news of Jesus Christ. We're all baptized Catholics. Um, and as a baptized Catholic, we're called to evangelize. So those would be the three things, boom, boom, boom that I would say sweet That's pretty much exactly what yeah <laughs> that was a really good answer but yeah you know I feel like I'm just a regular dude just like any other dude uh I like to pray I love my I love my wife I love my life love my kids just trying to be the best guy I can and you know trying to I'm trying to make Jesus proud and I hope I do First of all, I just want to congratulate you and tell you, uh, tell you both how proud of you I am because I don't think I'd ever have that kind of conversation on an elevator. I'm really awkward on elevators. I just kind of stare at people. So <laughs> congratulations for having no, faith-filled Dave, conversations on Dave, elevators. Taylor, let me, let me share something with you. Speaking of elevators, this is something I decided to do, which has made a big difference. People get in the elevator, what, look around. What are they all doing? They're all staring at their phone. Our phones have become our social self-defense devices. You know, I'm looking at my phone. So I don't have to engage anybody. So I have made the decision for the rest of my life. When I get in an elevator, my phone is always in my pocket. It is not allowed to come out of my pocket in an elevator. That way I'm free to actually look another human being in the eyes and say, hello, good morning. How are you doing? And it's been good. Even though most of the time the other person is still on their phone 
Yeah. And not. I, I'm just imagining all these reactions <laughs> okay. from people like, ew, why are you talking to me? Like, are you talking to me? <laughs> Dave's over there sitting there smiling, just waiting for them to look up at their phone. Please look, please look, please look. I was in, a, I was in the elevator with the creepiest dude. We're going to be listening to another podcast later. And somebody's, you'll never guess. This dude just stared at me on the elevator. It's super weird. <laughs> I don't even think he has Facebook. I mean, it's weird. <laughs> So, uh, so I think you're. I think you've established your qualifications. You're both Catholic men. That's why you could be on the Catholic Man Show. It's, it's the same thing for me. I'm 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 a loud Catholic, so therefore I'm qualified to be the Forte Catholic. So, um, we want to test your qualifications. We want to. I want to put you guys through the gauntlet and see and talk about what you guys um, think about what is the biggest thing that can help a man grow in his spiritual life. Cause I think you guys hit the nail on the head when you were talking about your radio station, that 70% of your listeners are women. And like, if you look, that's not surprising to, I think anybody listening, cause if you go to mass, it's 70% women. Or if you look at who's involved in the life of the parish, it's 70% women, right? So for men, how, what would you say to the men in my audience listening? How can they grow in their spiritual life? Okay. So I think you're right, Taylor, that our culture has become largely effeminate. You know, you have guys out there wearing skinny jeans. It's, it's terrible. What, like, put, some, <laughs> put some man pants on. You know what I'm saying? So I think as men, we need to embrace the, uh, this you know, idea about the man. He's out there working hard. He carries the burden or like he does the work for his family. One thing that we need to be able to do and be able to say about ourselves as men is that we do not shy away from hard or difficult tasks. And that those hard and difficult tasks are what it means. Those are part of being a man. And so we need to learn to embrace those not only in our you know, day-to-day life, but especially in our, in our spiritual life. And so having a regular scheduled fasting routine, I think is one way that uh, could can do wonders for someone's spiritual life. You know, that assumes you're doing the regular things, the day-to-day things anyway. You should have a prayer life. You should have a scheduled prayer life. If uh, your listeners, if they go to the gym, I'll bet they do it at the same time every week. You know, this is the time that they go to the gym. Their prayer life should be the same way. If that's the case, that's step one, I think. Then think about adding a fasting routine. Maybe every Wednesday you skip lunch and offer it up for your wife, for your family, for your church whoever it is that is in your life that, uh, you know, could use that type of prayer. That's, if I had mm-hmm. one thing, that, that, I think that's a good thing. I also think that um, examining your conscience on a daily basis is, is a very crucial. In fact, I think Pope St. John Paul, or Pope St. Pius X, I'm sorry, Pope St. Pius X said that in order to increase your spirituality, you must examine your conscience on a daily basis. And so I think that I think as men, we all get in these ruts, right? We all know, okay, these are some big sins that I know that I can confess every single, every single time. Um, but it's very hard to know thyself if you're not examining what you're doing on a day-to-day basis. And the only way you can do that is by examining your conscience. So I think that examining your conscience on a daily basis is, is key, is crucial to growing in holiness. And then I think also, I think it's important that, you know, we're in a battle, right? This is a spiritual warfare. And so I think that we've gotten away from the idea of blessing our children and blessing our wives, taking holy water and blessing our kids before the end of the night. Um, and I think that establishing that routine um, really helps a family, you know, a family who prays together stays together. And so I think that um, establishing that 
routine and it may be awkward at first. Like if you're a listener right now and you're thinking like that would be awkward to sit there and try to bless my kids or bless my wife. Don't worry. Don't worry about it. Um, fight through that awkwardness because right after the awkwardness comes where they enjoy it. Like my kids get excited whenever I'm about to bless them. If I forget, they're coming up to me, asking me for a blessing. So, um, you know, not blessing your kids, not blessing your wife is like going to battle without a sword. It just doesn't make sense. So yeah, that would be a terrible idea. <laughs> that, that's, that's, that absolutely sounds terrible. Unless you bring a gun to a knife fight, that's always a good thing to do. Uh, then you win. <laughs> then, then you win. So uh, a, a couple of responses I have to, to you guys, uh, to you guys uh, sharing that. First of all, I do some market research on my audience, and I found that 40% of all the people, who, uh, of all the men who listen to my show on a weekly basis, 40% of them wear skinny jeans. So first of all, thank you for alienating my audience. Uh, <laughs> sec- second of all, um, it is a little awkward putting holy water uh, on me because every time it does, my skin sizzles. And then thirdly, <laughs> you, you guys, you guys talked about examination of conscience. Um, I, I can I can bet that there's somebody out there that's like examination of conscience. That's a weird Catholic word. What so what does an examination of conscience mean? How would you define it or explain it in about 20, 30 seconds? Okay, so an examination of conscience is when you think back, and the the more often you do this, the more accurate you can be. You should be you should be doing it at least daily. I think it's a great way to start your prayer at the end of the day. Think back over the day. What were what were the things that you could have done better? You know, did you engage in gossip of anybody? Did you uh, shy away from your from your work? Um, did you do something? You know, did you commit any mortal sins? Basically, you want to look back and say. Uh, what were my sins of the day? And not just that, you also want to think back on uh, what were your victories? You know, what, what were you successful in doing? What were a moment that you responded to God's grace very well? And be thankful for those moments. So it's not just the negative, oh, looking at your sin, I'm so terrible. That's not what it's about. You do need to be aware of those things that you can grow in holiness. But you, by looking back over that, the next time you go to confession, which you should be doing on a regular basis as well, you can really bring those to the to our Lord Jesus in that confessional because he wants those things. He wants you to give them to him. And the more aware you are of your weaknesses in your spiritual life, the better your confession will be. Yeah, most of the time when I do my examination of conscience, I look back on my day and I'm like, man, I was awesome today. And then I have to go to confession for pride. So uh, <laughs> that's how most of mine go. Uh, the next thing I want to talk about, because I think it's a struggle for a lot of guys to hear. We talked earlier about like women are typically the spiritual leaders in the parish, the spiritual leaders in the family. Um, but m- we know in the scriptures that the that men are called to be the spiritual leader. And we have this, this great void of that in a lot of our, in a lot of our parishes and a lot of um, just across, across the world. So how do you guys think that this can change? And why is it, why is it even important to begin with for the man to be the spiritual leader of his household? Okay. So the reason why it's important is because Jesus set it up that way. Checkmate. Boom. Um, <laughs> Conversation no, over. It, we'll see y'all next time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, no, but if you look at what St. Paul wrote in Ephesians 5, that, that's a very like highly controversial topic, right? Because it says, wives, be subordinate to your husband. But if you keep reading, what it really says is that uh, husbands, love your, love your wives as Christ loved the church. And what did Christ do? But he laid down his life for the church. So really what St. Paul is saying is that husbands, you should love your wife so much that you're laying down your life for your wife every day. And wives, allow your husbands to lay down their life for you. And so that's that's what how God set up the whole system. And so if you if you go steer away from that, you're gonna there's gonna be issues. So that's gonna be 
probably the biggest issue. Yeah, and Taylor, you know, as men, we're also the domestic priests of our family. Ah, uh, good one, Dave. We, yes. we participate in the common priesthood, not the ministerial priesthood, but we are, in a very real sense, the, uh, you know, uh, symbolic priest of our family. And that's why we actually have the authority to bless our wives and bless our children. Our wives can bless our children as well, but we have the authority as head of the household, and this is established by God. Um, as a figure, uh, a sign that points to the ultimate priesthood of Jesus Christ. And actually, I've heard just since Easter, three stories, which is weird. We were just talking about this this morning in one of our morning groups of husband, or I'm sorry, of fathers blessing their children when they were sick and having what seemed like very, very quick recoveries. I'm not going to use the word miraculous because that might be a, a little uh, hyperbolic, but um, still very strange stories. And these are just people that I, I'm friends with. Uh, and let me tell you, my friends, I mean, I hang out with Adam, so my friends are really not that holy. <laughs> Did we answer your question, Taylor? Oh, I don't know. Maybe we didn't answer no, your question. No, absolutely. And my, my follow-up question would be, um, in, in your guys' lives, what's the difference in a family where the father is spiritually engaged and where he isn't? Well, I... That's a great question, and I, I think one of the one of the differences will show up at some point. And I'm just saying this based on the statistics. But um, when you look at a father who is actively engaged in his faith, when you take a father who's who is the spiritual leader of his household, it's something close to 80% of the time his children will grow up and remain faithful in the church. And wow. when you flip that around, when the mother is the spiritual head of the household, and if the father is just not engaged in the faith it's about 25% of the time the kids actually remain in the, in the church. So there's something to that about uh, fatherhood. And, you know, it kind of makes sense because fatherhood on, in this world is supposed to point to fatherhood in the next life, the ultimate fatherhood of God, who is the father of us, his children. No, that's great. Thanks for sharing. And it, so, g guys, if you're out there listening, if you're not married yet, this is what you should be striving for. Girls, if you're not married yet, this is what you should be looking for in a man. Uh, guys who are married, uh, take up this challenge to think of something that you can do this week to, to step up and sacrifice for your lady friend, sacrifice for your kids. Um, women who are married, it's very hard to have this conversation with a husband that's that's not engaged in their faith, right? So instead of you getting into that argument, just um, casually download this podcast that'll come out tomorrow and, and uh, put it on this interview so that they can listen to these guys on the Catholic Man Show. Uh, speaking of the Catholic Man Show, as we wrap up this second segment with these great guys, um, how can people get in touch with you guys? How can they listen to your show so they can keep growing in their manliness and learn how to not drink mimosas? <laughs> sure. So you can uh, subscribe to our uh, podcast on iTunes and Google Play and Stitcher and all those places that you can find uh, radio shows. We also air, if you're in Oklahoma, uh, we air on Thursdays at 7 p.m. all across Oklahoma. Um, you can catch us on thecatholicmanshow.com. We just got a new website, so go check that out, thecatholicmanshow.com. I have a huge listener base in Oklahoma. It's absolutely ridiculous. Um, I figured you did. I yeah. figured you did, Taylor. <laughs> yeah, they're all the ones wearing skinny jeans, too. Uh, so <laughs> uh, how can people connect with you guys online? Uh, sure. Uh, you can, like... You can check out the Catholic Man Show or just search for Adam and Hannah or David Niles. You'll find us. Or hit us up on Facebook, either one. Yeah. Sweet deal. Well, hey, thanks, guys, for coming. I really appreciate you guys coming on the show. God bless you guys and your families, your ministry, and your show. It was so much fun. Thanks for coming on. We'll have to do it again sometime. 
Thanks, Absolutely. Taylor. God Thanks, bless. man. Appreciate it, man. Yes, sir. We are back for this third segment of Forte Catholic, and I have been looking forward to this moment for about two weeks now. The Ministry Madness Bracket, which has been being voted on for the last two weeks, is closed. Voting is closed. We have had over 4,921 votes from almost 200 people over the course of two weeks. That made us the sixth most popular bracket on Bracketify, the website that we used uh, to, to make the bracket, right? So now is the moment you've all been waiting for, where we look into some of the key matchups in the first round, and then I will announce our, our top 10, counting down until we get to our winner of the first ever Ministry Madness bracket. So... <clears throat> Here we go. So uh, we have a couple people in the studio today. Uh, uh, Jake and his lady friend, uh, our, our producer and his, and his lady friend are here. Uh, Sam Shepard and Kyle Turner are here. Uh, Kyle is everyone's favorite princess. And yes, that is an inside joke that absolutely none of you get. We'll explain it at a later date. So uh, you guys actually helped me go through the bracket live on the air the last couple of weeks, right? So who do you think was the winner of this bracket? I... I'm going to say Father Mike, right? I feel like he was a top contender. You know, he's got that bulldog Catholic vibe. I don't know, Jake. What do you think? I have to agree, but only because people didn't follow instructions. And this is not a popularity contest, but they made it one. So, Okay, it's not all about popularity, though. Um, If Jesus wants Father Mike Schmitz to win, he's going to win. I'm just saying. Will of the Lord. It doesn't mean that he... That uh, Jesus wills that. Though. We we all. I mean, the the, is, fa- the Father's will. Like we like people have to be involved in that, and there were individuals voting who I'm sure weren't in a, a clean a clean um, state of conscience, right? Um, the, yeah. What's up, Jake? Also, um, Jesus's will didn't happen every time because he definitely didn't really want to die, but. He followed the 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 father's will. Well, look, I don't mean to just like you know jump on that, but are we just totally negating the fact that he has in persona Christi? I mean, when when Father Mike fights, there were, basically there Jesus. Were, fights. What there about other, Father Leo? Other fights. There were other fights. Okay, I'm just saying. So, but, uh, so uh, you think? What about you, Sam? Who do you think is is the winner of this thing? Father Mike Schmitz. I said that <laughs> earlier today at the office. You sure did, but no one on the radio heard that. That's why I asked you again. <laughs> All right, Abby. Who do you think won? Abby's like, no, it's, I, I revoked Abby's talking privileges a long time ago. I finally gave her an opportunity to talk again. She's like, nope, I ain't doing that again. I don't All right. So uh, here's what we're going to do first. Before we do the top 10, we're going to look at a few of the key matchups in the first round, right? So our number, our number, our, coming into the bracket, our number one seed for the whole bracket was Mr. Alex Gote. And he was going up against Michael Martian, who uh, did not like the fact that he was going up against Alex Gote. They're both in the Houston area. They know each other. And Michael knows very well that Alex is, is, is a bad man. Right? No, actually, I was. I was on Instagram earlier today, and Alex, Dr. Alex Gote's Instagram story was just him at some sort of martial arts uh, venue in his, like, gi and he was just beating up children 
Um, I don't know if that part was accurate, but he was beating up somebody. So I think he might be practicing. No, I no, I he's he's an MMA yeah. dude. Like that's that's why he's number one in the bracket. Former Marine, MMA. Um, so Michael was one of my favorite people in this entire bracket because he was extreme underdog. He's actually like he took he made the website ministrymadness.com. All all to promote himself as the underdog and see he posted on Facebook he like made a picture he, he took time out of his work day <laughs> to like put put eye black on like paint his face red and black and he had he got this picture he, he has a, a chair that he said he's going to bring into the ring even though it specifically says you can't bring chairs into the ring um, and, and it was this whole underdog campaign that Michael made so Michael if you're listening I'm sorry to say you did not win Oh, it was not close. Rough. But That's I sad. will say that before your publicity stunt, you had one vote. You ended with 20. So congratulations. Wow. Um, it, it did help out your cause a little bit. Um, also in the youth minister's bracket, um, even though a lot of people at the uh, Ablaze office who work for Mr. Matt Rice um, voted for him out of, um, out of sheer loyalty and, I, and, and being scared for their child. I'm just going to say, though, I know for a fact not everybody at Ablaze voted for Matt Rice, and we are launching a full investigation. We are, okay, I, um, Kyle would be leading that. Yes. Um, I, I'm looking forward to that. Sam got real red. Isn't that weird? <laughs> that is weird for multiple reasons. Uh, so Mark Hart did beat Matt Rice. Uh, a couple of these weren't close. Christophonic was a top guy. He he he, uh, he cleaned shop. Here's one of the big surprises, right? So when I made this, when I made this bracket uh, two weeks ago, we came on the air, announced the bracket, and Tony Vicinda came on to plead his case on why he should win. Right? He was a he was a, a state wrestling champ a couple of years in high school. Just just a big manly man and uh, admittedly his own admittance has put on a few pounds um, because he said uh, I, I was a state champ uh, like 10 to 15 years four kids a wife and and many meals ago right um, he went up against uh, a very small man named Eddie Hickman uh, Tony lost <laughs> Eddie and people the, the people have spoken and said that Eddie would win which uh, is very surprising to me. It's not who I voted for, but but uh, alas, I wasn't the only one voting. You know, and he's just so nice. You know, I feel like that they would have just thought that he would have welcomed him into the ring. I I, I I feel like I feel like he can. He has a little man streak in him. I feel like he. Oh, I feel like he put up a fight, but I feel like Tony would like he would run. Yeah. I feel like the 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 match would start. And he would just run at Tony, and Tony would punch him once in the face, and he'd be knocked out. That's how I pictured it. How how often have you pictured that? Uh, about seventeen times okay. in the last two weeks. Um. I, I move forward. I beat little Matt Redricks. Sorry, little Matt Redricks. You can say something, Abby. Okay. Abby um, can say something. I would like to say that I think Matt Regis should have beaten you he, because Matt Regis does CrossFit and he's fit. Yeah, so there's a girl at our office who does, like, self-defense, and she's, she's like, what, 5'2 and maybe 80 pounds? And she thinks I, I'm I'm six two two forty five. Like she thinks that her self defense class will will stop her or so will will be able to stop me. And I'm like, oh honey, <laughs> like it will not, right? So like Matt can be in, as in shape as he wants. I'm literally two of him. But he's CrossFit. Yeah. Right. Okay. CrossFit is. CrossFit, guys. Yeah. Everyone knows. Shameless CrossFit. Cl- plug for CrossFit. <laughs> All right. And another one of my favorite matchups. Um, Guys who are very, very good friends, Matt, uh, Michael Gormley, uh, also known as Gomer, going up against Brian Lennox. This is one of our featured matchups on Instagram. Um, Brian, congratulations, buddy. You won by three votes. It was 53 to 50. So congratulations, Brian. You won. We got another, um, uh, our, our good friend, uh, Father Leo Padaling Hug, uh, who is 
a priest, chef, ninja. He beat his friend Tom Leopold pretty bad. Ninja is important in this. Yeah, yes. very, very much so. Uh, and a surprise one for me, Tim Staples got beat by Jason Everett. Tim Staples is an ex-Marine. Wow. I, I was very surprised by that. Um, we had a couple other uh, blowouts. Bishop Barron moved forward. Um, Marcel also did uh, – uh, uh, he, he, he said that Chuck Norris trained him. Um, uh, sorry, Marcel, you lost, buddy. Um, hopefully we can have him on the show in a, in a, in a, pretty soon and have him talk about uh, humility. All right. Um, we had a couple other, uh, you know, first round, there's a few blowouts. Um, in a very big surprise, John Michael Talbot did not win. He was going up against Icondolo. He got 10 whole votes. Yeah, no, I think I definitely voted for there's him. There's no yeah. way. There's absolutely no way. His he, music pity. is mesmerizing. Oh, my gosh. That's true. Y'all yeah. are crazy. In the Battle of Popple, the, 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 the band Popple, uh, another surprise, I think, on the air, I think a lot of people voted for Dan Harms. Kyle Hyman won in a landslide. So Kyle um, is, a, is a friend of mine. You can, you can just rub it in Dan's face from here on out. Yeah, what's up, Jake? Was Dan upset about this? Um, Dan doesn't know that he lost. I think Oops. he thinks he's going to win. And Kyle thinks that, that Dan's going to win, but that's not going to happen. I think, honestly, it came to the picture. He's probably listening right now because he knew that you were going to tell us live. He's probably but not listening right now. He's probably very upset now. And, and another very close matchup, literally the closest matchup, another one of our featured one on, featured ones on Instagram, Matt Marr and Paul J. Kim. Matt, Matt Marr won by one vote. Wow. One vote, 45 to 44. So congratulations, Matt. He's alive again, you know. Oh, my gosh. Wow. That, that was, was crazy. A, that was a great joke. I try. Thank you. Uh, another close matchup, Dave Moore won by five votes. So congratulations, Dave. He beat the symbol. They they were um they they had a conversation in my Instagram comments the other day, essentially being like, "Oh, I love you so much. I'd never get in the ring with you. Good luck." <laughs> and they're, I'm like, "Come on, guys. <laughs> put <laughs> come, on, put on the gloves. Come, come on, put on the gloves. Let's do this thing." <laughs> so Dave uh, actually came back. Um, um, Brandon Morell, the symbol, was actually winning for quite some time. Uh, Sister Miriam was one of our leading women. Another another close close one in in the women's bracket. Uh, Taylor Trippity from uh, from Franciscan. She's in San Antonio now. Beat Gwen Bartlett by three votes. Another very very close Whoa. one. Um, we we always said Gwen Bartlett's a, a friend of ours, uh, friends of, of of the show, friends of a blaze. And uh, I told her in person that I feel like a lot of these women, like she would be like the, the Hulk. If you're a Marvel fan, the Hulk when he picks up Loki. And he just like swings Loki around like a rag doll. I kind of feel like that's what Gwen would do in in, in this uh, in this boxing ring, which actually is illegal in boxing. But you can't you can't control the Hulk, right? No, absolutely. Um, so I kind of feel like that's what she would do. But hey, I didn't have all the votes. Um, another another close one. Allison Sullivan beat uh, Leah Darrow by about nine votes. Congratulations, Allison. A couple of other close ones in the women's bracket. Uh, Kristalina Everett beat Lila Rose by about nine votes. So uh, the results are out. I think you can look at them online. Um, but here's the deal. We are going to do our, our countdown of the top ten in the overall vote. So how this works is you got votes not only from the first round, but the points were um, weighted the, the further you went up, right? Uh, so in tenth place overall, in tenth place overall, Sister Miriam James. Wow. From the women's bracket. Well, here we go. Um, a, a, a nun. We, we, we were talking about her on, on, the, on the show in her preview. A lot of people thought she was winning because she was hiding things in her nun garb and just like pulling out yeah. weapons. For, yeah. That's why they wear it. Very. <laughs> it's true. It's like the Swiss guards. Yes. I heard all nuns are bald. And that's why they were. Oh my gosh, just, that would be scary. I'm just kidding. That's that would explain so many Catholic <laughs> school like horrors, though. 
<laughs> like whenever the nun gets real mad, she takes off the garb. That's when you know you're in trouble. That's real scary. Yeah. Uh, in ninth place, I thought this was kind of a surprising one in in in, uh, in the top ten here. Mr. Righteous B. Yeah. Bob Lesnevsky, uh, a Catholic rapper, started uh, uh, a great ministry up in the Steubenville area, reaching out to inner city kids. I think the inner city thing pro- and the rapper thing probably helped him out a bit. Yeah. So he he took out Bob Rice in the first round. Um, I got to talk to Bob and Jim Beckman last week about the bracket. They were both very upset with me. <laughs> Not really very upset. They were just joking about it. But they were bad that I matched them up against who I matched them up against. They were like, why'd you make us such a low seed? And I deflected. I was like, someone help me with it. And I just kind of winked at him. So Becca, it's all Becca Landry's fault. She was on the air there a couple we of weeks ago. Yeah. Um, in eighth place, also from the women's bracket, there's Jackie Francois Angel, mm. um, who who finished who finished pretty high, right? Yeah, uh, she's she's actually come in. We've we've met her. She came in for revive into the area for uh, the revive conference a couple of years ago. Uh, so she got eighth and seventh. A man who was in the top four for a very very long time, Mr. Oscar Two Ten Rivera. Yeah, he was the best man in my youth minister's wedding. I got to have lunch with him last summer. Uh, he has a very I think his picture helped him a lot. Very scary picture. Uh, great speaker, uh, rapper. Go check him out. In sixth place, Mop Fraud, yeah. otherwise known as, as Matt Fred. I was about to say, is that your Australian accent? M- Mop Fraud. It needs some work. It does need some work. Yeah. Um, I will do an entire podcast. Uh, next week, we'll all be in my Australian accent. Yeah. Um, no one's tuning in next week. No one. Uh, so Matt Fred comes in sixth place. In fifth place, the number two seed in the entire bracket, so underachieving. Mr. Justin Fatika. Right? Wow. Justin's a very, 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 he's, he's short, but very big muscles. Yeah. Right? And I think that went into a lot of people's um, thoughts about the whole thing. Right? Now we get into our top four. So our top four are the people that won each of their, of their regions. Right? There were four brackets that lead into the final four. Right? If you're familiar with how an NCAA bracket works or if you looked at this bracket. So in fourth place, the winner... Of the women's bracket, Miss Allison Sullivan. Yeah. Uh, she she is local here. I'm very excited for Allison. Um, I told her all of this that this was all coming. I pre- prepared her. Uh, she even sent me a picture. Um, a week later, she literally thought this was all a joke that I didn't actually make this thing, and she was kind of mortified yeah. that I had changed her picture to this. But her picture is the reason that she won the it's women's the bracket. tattoos. I was about to it, say like that yeah. is literally the reason that she won the bracket because it, of the intimidating. Tattoo. It's fierce. Covering most of her. Fierce. Yeah. Um, in third place, the winner of the youth ministry bracket, my good friend, Mr. Alex Gote. That's right. Yep, that makes sense. So also, Alex, also underachieved. I thought he was the number one seed. The people have spoken. Yeah. I will say this one time and one time only on the air, ever. I was wrong. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it happened. Wow. I, 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 can't, I can't believe everybody in the room is like, wait, what did he just say? <laughs> Thank God this is recorded. <laughs> Thank God. I can edit it out later. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So in, uh, in second place, first loser, the winner of the musician's bracket, John Michael Talbot. I'm just kidding. It's not John <laughs> Michael Talbot. It is Ike and Dolo who yeah, went yeah, yeah. against uh, John Michael Talbot. Ike, Ike is a very uh, very great musician, very large man, uh, looks very intimidating in his picture. It just makes sense for him to have won yep. that bracket. So Ike, yeah, congrats. But second place. Uh, yeah, sorry, on. musicians, but there really wasn't much competition in that bracket. It was kind of a cakewalk for Ike to get there. <laughs> yeah. um, and in first place, let's get a drum roll, please. Everyone can hear that. 
Maybe. You guessed it. Father Mike Schmitz. Yeah. Father Mike Schmitz yeah. is the winner. Of the first ever Ministry Madness bracket. So thank you all for voting. If you see Father Mike sometime soon, tell him he won because he does not listen to the show. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Congratulate him for winning the Ministry Madness bracket. There you go. There we Uh, go. 30 seconds late. Jake, that's why you didn't win the Ministry Madness bracket. I tried. I couldn't find it. (laughs) So so that's that's the winner. So I, I... uh, thank you guys. I, I really can't say thank you enough. This was uh, the most fun I've had since Forte Catholic started. Uh, we've had some great interviews. We've had a lot of fun shows, but this was absolutely fantastic. So thank you all for for sharing it for uh, for all of the uh, the people the contestants who were in it. That that uh, Mike like Michael Marston who shared about it, all the people who got engaged on Twitter. I had a great conversation with Patrick Madrid <laughs> in Twitter about this. So thank you guys for being engaged with that. Um, the last thing I want to talk about today is we have started a Patreon page. So here at Forte Catholic, we have started a ver- our very own Patreon page. What Patreon is, is a way to support uh, podcasts just like this, right? Uh, to be able to make sure we are not, lo- first of all, not losing money on this thing. But also, if you love the show, um, want to support the show, and you get great rewards um, for for signing up for for contributing to the show, and our, our good friend Jake here, um, our producer, can finally not lose money by being on the show. So um, head head over to fortecatholic.com/support. That's fortecatholic.com/support. Um, help us out. I'd love for you to to join our team of patrons there. So this has been a great week. We'll be back next week. See ya. <laughs>